This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who save with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. If you like using debit over credit, don't you think it's time to also get rewarded? Well, now you can with Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everyone with cash back on everyday purchases. Plus, you're not charged any account fees, period. Whether you're moving, starting a new job, or headed into that next stage of life, whatever it is, Discover Cashback Debit is for everyone. Check out eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show. You know, our mission is to serve you with advice and information that empowers you so you can make better financial decisions in your life. And you know, I love to save money. You listen to this podcast, you watch it, you're all about saving money. And today I want to deal with what is a money pit across America, and that's food we throw away uneaten. Some estimates say it's 40% of food that we purchase gets thrown away. And coming up later, we get so many questions about I-bonds. And now that the I-bond program has changed for the better, people want to know what to do with older I-bonds when inflation was high and interest rates were so high. What do you do with those? I'm going to talk through the possibilities, what you can do with those older I-bonds. So, Food waste is a big issue. I hate it when I pull something out, it got kind of buried in the back of the refrigerator, and it's past date, I might have to throw it away. And I want to talk about a strategy for that so that you don't waste as much. But just yesterday, I made myself a baked potato for dinner. Now, what's involved in me making a baked potato. Punch a bunch of holes in it, wrap a wet paper towel around it, and put it in the microwave for nine minutes. That's what making a meal is for me. So finish, get the potato out. I'm on a low-sodium diet now, so I took low-sodium Irish butter Mm -hmm. from Aldi, put it on the potato. But the problem was the butter had expired. But it was BB on it. BB? Best Buy. Best Buy. So what I did (laughs) is I cut off a little bit of the potato, put some of the butter on it, tasted fine, decided that that was enough for me. You don't need best, right? Yeah. (laughs) Put more butter on it, ate it, and I'm here today, no stomach ache, nothing. So it worked out. But if something says use by... That's a different thing with something particularly that's dairy or whatever. If it had said use by, 
I probably would have tossed it and wasted that money. So the problem is refrigerators become like it's going in a dark cave, spelunking. Stuff vanishes into the back. And I saw the simplest thing in the Washington Post that was something they had taken from a TED Talk. There was a TED Talk on this. I guess there's a TED Talk on We all everything. eat food. We all eat food. And they picked up some other ideas in the digital version of the Washington Post. They showed the refrigerator and they showed the placements of food. It's an animation. What you do is outer doors is where you put all your things that are time sensitive, your perishables, fruits, vegetables, the butter I'm talking about, all goes on the outer door, which goes against something I read recently about how you don't want to have dairy in the door because the temperatures are better in a refrigerator further back Hmm. and you're going to have things go bad earlier if you put dairy in the door. But when I weigh those two pieces of advice, I definitely go with the idea of putting the perishables in the door of the refrigerator, or if yours is a bifold in the doors of the refrigerator. And so those items are visible to you that are really time sensitive right in the front. The other thing is with things in the refrigerator, I mean, people are like, duh, who wouldn't think of this stuff? Never thought of it. The second thing is that when you bring groceries home, do them like they do in the grocery store. What do they do in the grocery store? You ask anybody, okay, you worked in a grocery store stocking shelves, the words are already coming out of your mouth. What they do is when the new inventory comes in, they open a channel, they put the new stuff in the back on the shelves, and the old stuff they rotate forward so that they get stuff sold before they can't sell it anymore because it's past date. Smart. So this is exactly what anybody who ever worked in a supermarket does in their own refrigerator. Because the idea that 40% of food you're throwing away, do these two steps and they alone may help you save a lot of money. I know we're going to get suggestions as well from other people about ways to stop all the food waste. David in Wisconsin says, does Costco raise prices during reward card issue season in February? Okay, people are on Costco's back right now. <laughs> people, people are in foul moods about Costco right now. I would be shocked if anything that sinister and underhanded ever happened at Costco. Again, the maximum markup on stuff in the building is 14% brand name, 15% Kirkland Signature, I've never heard of any pattern. Now, why do they issue the rebate checks in February? It's a dead time for retail. Oh, okay. So their strategy by giving the rebates then is during a time of year, people's visit count to Costco would be down. They get people back in the store. So I, I would be blown away if there was any internal strategy to raise prices when people are coming in with their reward money. Stacy in Georgia says, I'm a fairly new landlord of a house that I inherited. I previously wrote in about a squatter situation. I am not renewing my first lease and need a way to have the cheapest possible security system while I'm looking for my next renter because I don't want another squatter. 
What are your suggestions? Also, any advice on how to get good renters? My last renter was a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. That's something you learn as a landlord is how to do better screening of tenants. Uh, you know, I, I've been a landlord since 1983, I think is when I became a landlord. So it's been a long run. And uh, it took some learning curve to get to where picking the right tenants became part of the process. Okay, so number one, let's deal with the security system. I did a self-install. I can't do anything for myself. And I did a self-install home security system that uh, I did a very funny video of like three or four years ago that we put on Clark.com. You can do a self-install. Consumer Report says the best self-install is the Ring security system. That one is the one actually I installed because Consumer Reports gave it the highest rating. And Ring also has where you can self-monitor at no cost or you can pay Amazon, who owns Ring, for monitoring. And the monitoring cost is decent, but you're still going to have to pay for monitoring. The second place was Simply Safe. Their monitoring is pretty expensive at Simply Safe. Then there's one other that gets a good rating from Consumer Reports is the, I will mispronounce this, Ecobee, Ecobee? It's right. E-C-O-B-E-E. Ecobee, something like that. Anyway, it's the cheapest to buy of all of them. And they're all really easy to install on doors and windows. You'll be able to continually monitor the property. Add to whatever you do the inexpensive digital cameras. Now, the one thing you're going to have to have at your rental house, you're not going to like me, you're going to have to have an internet connection. The cheapest way to do that is if the one that's available from Metro by T-Mobile serves your address, you put in a Metro by T-Mobile internet. It's a simple self-install internet system that you can hook the security system and the security cameras into. And then when you rent the place, you just disconnect the Metro by T-Mobile and return them their box. Metro by T-Mobile is T-Mobile's prepaid service. Lydia in Florida says, I'm in the market for an almost new car. I hear Clark repeatedly encourage us to get a potential car checked out by a mechanic before buying. Does Clark think this step is still necessary if we buy a manufacturer certified vehicle, one that still has its original warranty? Uh, CPO program, certified pre-owned. So I learned this the hard way long ago, way long ago, probably 20 years ago. So the way these CPO programs work is the manufacturer, usually of a luxury brand or a wannabe luxury brand, they have the CPOs because they're trying to hold up the value of the leases they do. So the vehicles that come back will pull more money and the way they do it is a CPO. So you look at the manufacturer certified pre-owned and they have all these checks that are done, including one of them is that the car has not been in an accident. So my wife falls in love with this car and we buy this CPO. We don't have it checked out by a mechanic or a body shop. And then years later, when we go to sell it, turns out the car was in a significant accident, had significant repairs to it, 
and the dealer either did not really check it out or lied. And that's when I learned that even with a CPO, you cannot just trust that the dealer did what they promised the manufacturer they would do in order to be able to sell that car under the CPO. And that's why even with that, you at least want, as was recommended to me by a mechanic, if a CPO you're buying has less than 25,000 miles on it, the more important thing is to have it checked out by a body shop and pay them for checking it out to see if the car has been, or truck or vehicle, SUV, whatever, has been repaired for meaningful body damage because that will kill your resale value later. Manufacturer's warranty, great, you still have that. The CPO warranty added on to it, piggyback, great, but you don't want your wallet to be hit by something having been in an accident that they didn't tell you. Coming up ahead, got to talk I-bonds. I-bonds are such a topic of conversation when the interest rates become a headline thing. But now we're getting all these questions from people who bought I-bonds when the interest rate was almost 10%. And now they don't know what to do with them as the interest rate they earn is going down, down, down every six months. We're going to talk strategy. If you like using debit over credit, don't you think it's time to also get rewarded? Well, now you can with Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everyone with cash back on everyday purchases. Plus, you're not charged any account fees, period. Whether you're moving, starting a new job, or headed into that next stage of life, whatever it is, Discover Cashback Debit is for everyone. Check out eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. If you still have landline phone service, you may have noticed that your monthly bills have been skyrocketing. That's because the FCC no longer regulates copper lines, and phone companies are jacking up the price of their service. UMA is an internet home phone service that lets you keep enjoying the safety and peace of mind of a home phone without paying an arm and a leg. In fact, with a one-time purchase of the UMA Tello, you get internet home phone service for free. All you pay are applicable taxes and fees. Unlike mobile phones, UMA has address-based 911, so dispatchers will know exactly where to find you in an emergency. In the event that 911 is called, UMA can send a text alert to loved ones. UMA even includes a free mobile app, so you can take your home number on the go. And don't worry, you can keep your phone number for a one-time fee, or get a new one for free. Setting it up is easy. It takes less than 10 minutes. Stop paying too much for home phone service. Visit UMA.com saving today to get a special discount. That's OOMA.com saving. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. 
identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. We started getting questions about the Series I savings bonds that people bought back a couple of years ago when inflation was at its worst, and those I-bonds were paying 9.62% interest for that initial cycle six months. And then at the reset, they were still paying a very high rate of interest and on like that. Well, now today that inflation has declined so much, the rates these I-bonds that people bought a couple of years ago that were earning nearly 10% interest, now are earning not much over three, like three and a third percent right in there. So people started asking us questions in the fall about them. What do we do? Do we bail on these? Because inflation does look like it's under better control. And the trend seems to be our wallet's friend. And so every six months, these rates reset. Well, here's what's significant. The I-bonds that were very smart to buy when the interest rates were so high because I-bonds, I for inflation, directly reflects the rate of inflation. When the feds were selling these and they were selling them lights out, like they'd never sold that many billions of dollars and I-bonds all in such a short period of time, people were buying them just at the inflation rate. There was no bonus. Like today, if you buy I-bonds now, you get the rate of inflation plus an additional return on your money. And that additional return on your money is very attractive. So now if you buy Series I savings bonds, you get the rate of inflation plus a return on your money. So they're a great deal right now going forward. But why didn't I talk about it through the period that we were getting all these questions over the last few months? Because there's a key strategy with I-bonds, and you have to sell them in the fourth month of when they set to a lower rate. That way you don't hit any of the interest you would have earned in that prior six-month period when the inflation rate was higher, that they the rate was set on, and you were receiving a higher rate of interest. And what am I talking about? In the first five years of ownership of an I-bond, when you sell it, you forfeit the last 90 days of interest. So if you forfeit the last 90 days of interest, cashing out the I-bonds you bought Back when the interest rates were so crazy high, you will forfeit 90 days of interest at 3.3 whatever percent. So not going to matter that much. And then you could turn right around if you love owning I-bonds. You can now buy them at the new much better deal where you get the inflation rate plus, what is it, like 1.5%, something like that. It's really a good additional margin And you can own them for the next 30 years if you want to, because that is a deal. Instead of earning a 0% fixed rate, you earn the fixed rate plus whatever the rate of inflation is, which means you're always ahead of inflation. So in February, 
you can sell them because you're now in the fourth month since the last reset. Pay your 90 days penalty and then rebuy them. You will have to pay tax on the gain you had. You have to decide if you want to do that. But owning I-bonds today at more normal inflation, more normal interest rates, and having one that has a 0% benefit beyond the rate of inflation is no good at all. So that's why the strategy is to sell those as long as you're not worried about whatever tax you'll generate from the high rates of interest you earned for a few years. Okay, Melissa. That's going to cause a lot of questions, isn't it? (laughs) Well, our Consumer Action Center is definitely available. See details at Clark.com slash CAC. Melissa in Georgia says, I have my car listed on Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, which I may remove, and AutoTrader. I'm getting what seem like legit buyers, but when it gets down to seeing it after trading a lot of text, tipped me off when I asked them to call me and they said they prefer text. They want me to run a VIN report, but will not accept Carfax. Instead, they want me to order the report from a VIN site I've never used. When you go to the site, it looks just like Carfax. I did not put in my information and instead started some digging and I found that this site is not legit and the information goes directly to where they access it and use it for identity theft. So the identity theft they're doing is really important that you know, and this is a big problem for individuals selling a vehicle private party. What they're doing is they're then going to create a mirror image listing and they're going to create with all the pictures and everything, they're going to create a false listing for your car and they're going to con other people selling them your car as if they own it. And they're going to steal as much money from as many other people as they can. This is a snakes in the grass kind of thing with selling your car yourself. I mean, they could, with more work, duplicate that from a Carfax report. But there are these sites now, these are the seamy underbelly of this fake selling marketplace that will help people almost like a turnkey theft of other people's money where they just duplicate everything you've got. And this started in the home market with people duplicating listings of homes for sale that they knew were vacant and they rent them out, take deposits from people first month's rent. They change the locks, move their tenants in. And then the first time the tenants know that they're squatters, not tenants, is when a real estate agent comes to show the place and they're like, who are you? Mm-hmm. And they're like, who are you? And so know that this is a problem in the two largest expenses we have every month, vehicles and houses. Josh in Montana says, finally, listening to you for years without a worthy idea to send in, but the day is here. I almost pulled the car over in the interstate to write to you guys, but I love my full-size keyboard at home for contacting such penny-pinching royalty. My fellow Clark Sharks out there, a great way to deal with the junk debit slash credit gift cards, or in my case, small money digital credit cards from class action lawsuit settlements. The paper check option seems to be going away. So rather than Venmo, direct deposits, et cetera, the next best option tends to be a digital only credit card. I will then add the card to my PayPal account, nickname it the dollar value on the card. 
Make sure your billing address info is correct. Next, I use the split payment option when checking out on eBay in order to fully liquidate the stored value on the card. I'm not sure if the split payment option is available outside of eBay's PayPal checkout method, but so far it's been a great way to harvest those pesky digital dollar payments without a physical card and avoid the junk fees. Okay, I love this because this is like uh, something that sticks to people like glue that everybody out there wants to pay us in a way that's not to our advantage. And these stored value cards or these gift cards, these payment cards with the Visa MasterCard logo on them, they stink. They're terrible. So coming up with a way that is methodical, like you have with the partnership of eBay and PayPal, to get that money spent in an efficient way in your life, I love it. And you may trigger somebody else to have another suggestion of what they do with these stinking, rotten, lousy payment cards. Beatrice in Massachusetts wrote in and says, I plan on helping my daughter with her mortgage by sending monthly amounts through Zelle. We both bank at the same bank. It's a giant monster mega bank. And I have previously used Zelle to send her money on a regular basis with no issues. I know that you are adamantly anti-Zelle, but I would like your thoughts on this issue. I'm deep breathing right now, Beatrice. Okay, I'm regaining my strength. So the problem with Zelle is it's tied directly into your checking account. It's embedded in it and embedded in your daughter's checking account. And there's no danger specifically with what you're using, using bank account to bank account, Zelle transfer. The problem is, this is the big problem, Zelle's architecture makes your checking account especially vulnerable that a criminal, if they get into it, they are at the heartbeat of your bank account. And you can just Google whatever search engine you use, Zelle ripoffs. Zell scams, and you will see all the different ways criminals have been able to go after an innocent individual and through Zell steal their money. Now, Zell late last year instituted their first meaningful consumer protections when money is looted from your account. They are a partial fix, but the vulnerability remains that Zelle is the architecture of Zelle and the embedded nature of it in your checking account puts you at significant risk of having all the money in your checking account stolen from you. And even the protections they offer, if you're not a savvy, assertive consumer, you're going to have trouble getting your bank or credit union to follow the Zelle protections. I like if somebody uses Cash App, Venmo, or Big Bad Zelle, that you have a separate account that you use for the transmittal of that money. So there's never a lot of money in there that if a criminal comes after you, there's not a lot of money there for them to get. This is in the same bank. There's got to be a, a way that you can link in the bank administratively your two accounts where you can send money account to account internally through the banking app and not have to employ Zelle. I'd be shocked if there's not a way to do that and cut Zelle out of the transaction and eliminate that Zelle vulnerability. And I do need to say 
I'm so glad that Zell finally, by the end of the year, did what they said they were going to do January of last year, but better late than never and a step in the right direction. And thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Remember what we're devoted to, you learning ways to save more, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off. 